Welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection video series. Uh, this week, I'm so excited to chat with composer Jack Wall. Um, I've had a chance to chat with Jack a few times over the past few years on various projects. You might know him from a few of his uh, incredible projects and relationships with the Mist series, with Mass Effect, with Call of Duty. Today, we're gonna be talking about Coldware, the newest release from uh, Treyarch. And uh, I'm so excited to have Jack Wall on the show today. Hey, Jack. Hey, how you doing, Mike? <laughs> so, my gosh, um, congratulations on this new chapter. In, uh, I feel like one more Call of Duty in your belt, notch on your belt. Every time I feel like, you know, just having the opportunity to work on one of these would be enough. But it seems like you can't get enough of yeah. the Call of Duty franchise. And they can't get enough of you, rightly so, because yeah. your work is amazing. You know, hey, you know, they keep asking me, I want to keep doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> why not? So, uh, so I think last time I saw you was maybe September of last year. Um, even a year ago, how deep were you into this project? Like what's what's the the timeline for this one? Yeah, you know, this one was kind of a uh, an albatross in a way. Uh, it was just out of nowhere because uh, I think um, Sledgehammer Games was working on something. They had a shakeup at the company, and suddenly Treyarch was asked to to go ahead and and produce it a year ahead of schedule. They were planning to do this game for next year's schedule, right? Because uh, you know they have three different studios making this game, so. Uh, suddenly I got a call in November, I think, of last year. It was about a year ago. And said, uh, hey, uh, guess what? <laughs> uh, we're doing a game right now. And it's due next year. So um, let's go. And I was like, okay. Of course, you know, how high? How high should I jump for you right now? So at that point, how much did, I mean, how much did they have to show you even at that point? Well, at that point, nothing, honestly, because okay. they had just gotten this, they, they had just gotten this, uh, you know, this mandate that they had to put this game out. But, you know, yeah. they, they did take, um, they did take uh, what, I think what Sledgehammer had worked on, and they were just going to reskin it for a Black Ops, uh, this new story that they were going to apply to that, what, yeah. what the work that had been done. So I think that's how it went. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't think I really started working in earnest until maybe February. That's when okay. I started seeing things and and started to, to score things. And uh, we finished up. We recorded the last bits in the beginning of September. Amazing. So uh, we recorded in June and then again in September. And it was it was pretty it was a pretty good pace. I mean, you know, we did about two and a half hours of music for this thing, and most of it's on the soundtrack. So. Um, yeah, for the single player. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was quite an adventure. It, it always is. It's always fun. It's always like, and this one was like really really unique in that the story was so tight and 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 sort of yeah. succinct. You know, it 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 had a. Usually, when I work in a Black Ops game, it's like you're all over the world. Uh, many th different things are happening in the story, and it's really kind of hard to follow because of that. You know, and and explain it. This is a very linear kind of experience and the, and the single player is not super long either so yeah. we were able to almost score it just like you would a movie in a way you know yeah. i would just get a a level uh playthrough that was video captured and i could like literally just go through it and score it and it, it, it was fun is that easier for you knowing that it's somewhat a little more locked or more in place there's not gonna be so much kind of figuring out later creatively 
Um, yeah, it's it, when the story is really cohesive and easy to follow. The characters are really easy to call out. You, you can write mm -hmm. themes for them. You can you can follow them through the story. They, it keeps returning. There's a small group of people, like there always is with Black yeah. Ops, because it's Black <laughs> Ops. But uh, you know, and some returning characters. But yeah, it was it was um, it was a real joy because Cold War is like you know. I don't want to give away my age or anything, but you know, yeah. I kind of grew up in the '80s, so <laughs> there was like, you know, I I kind of had a, an interest uh, historically in in that period. So it was sort of fun to, you know, the idea of working with a Russian choir was like, uh, you got to do it. And even in COVID times, like, you know, people can't get together and sing. It's really, really super dangerous. So we had to figure that out. You know, we had. Um, uh, my very, very good friend, Ayana Haviv, uh, who is my choir maestra, she was able, she and I talked about it and it was like, okay, I, I've got, she said, I got 32 people ready to go who can record themselves by themselves in their own house or in their own office or wherever their studio, uh, whatever they had, you know, they had the ability to record high quality audio with a good microphone and mic prees and the whole thing. And, and, uh, wow. They all recorded by themselves in their own place. And it sounds, to me, it sounds phenomenal. Like, it yeah. came out great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so early on, did you, I mean, did you know that was going to be one of the kind of the, the paintbrushes you were going to work with, which is the choir? It seems like you you, you dabble it throughout the score and there's, it, it like, you hear the choir and it Cold War, like there's no denying the feeling it establishes. But what other types of things? I mean, there's a few other instruments I want to definitely talk to you about in the synth world. But, you know, when it came to like the Cold War theme, what what other like things did you want to try to lean into? Yeah, you know, here's the here's the crazy thing. We didn't know definitively mm -hmm. that this game was called Cold War until maybe <laughs> March, April. Wow. So yeah, it was wow. kind of a late breaking, like, oh, okay, now now we can now we can yeah. like jump into the whole Russian thing, you know. Okay. Uh we kind of, we knew there was Russian stuff, but like the fact yeah. it was Cold War just gave us like material to work with, you know, just like, yeah. oh, this is this is the story. And it was just so easy to see it at that point. It was like, I okay, I gotta have because you know, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, if I don't have to use choir, I probably shouldn't, right? Because mm -hmm. COVID and all that. Yeah. But once once they said it's cold war i mean they we sort of let that they were playing with that for a long time but once they nailed it yes it's going to be called cold war it was like oh well i gotta have a choir now you know <laughs> so i mean for, when it comes to choir i mean you know you've had like a, a do you, or i guess the question is do you feel like you have a sense of how you like to orchestrate your choirs because like in this case you worked with um you know uh for the, the main theme you, you worked with this lyricist cindy shapiro for the lyrics because you know there's aspects of it that i mean it's all in russian which is you know one thing I'm not, i don't think they're expecting you to nail down but you know when it comes to choir what, what do you appreciate uh, about just like your collaboration with that and kind of like how much how aware are you of the choir world when it comes to writing for them <laughs> okay couple couple uh you know things i should get out of the way here mm -hmm. so uh i'm in portugal right now in yep. a hotel room that's what's behind me you know, yep. just this is the best look <laughs> of this room. Um, and uh, Cindy Shapiro is my wife. Yep. And she's sitting right over there. Yay, Cindy. Right over there. <laughs> and she's uh, she's recording uh, audio for me right now. Um, yeah, so Cindy's a, a, a great composer in her own right. She, she does theater and stuff like that. And so um, I think back in, 
I don't even remember what it, if it was Black Ops 2 or 3, but we, we started working together on any time they needed a song. Because, uh, you know, um, lyrics are not my specialty. I can write yeah. lyrics. I just can't write good lyrics. So, <laughs> so I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to get Cindy involved uh, whenever lyrics had to be written because um, she's just got the, the brain for it and she's just wonderful at it. So um, when, when I, I actually wrote the lyrics to Bell's theme, Mm-hmm. which is uh, myself in English. And then we had them translated by this woman, um, Nino Sanakidze, who uh, works for the LA Opera. And she is um, a Russian national. She grew up in Russia, uh, speaks fluent Russian. And uh, she translated all, all of my English lyrics to into uh, Russian and then transliterated them. And then we took those transliterations and set them to music and then it, there was this whole process of going back and forth with Ayana Haviv to make sure that the pronunciation was correct she would do a guide track and then she would have the each each part do their own guide track a single voice and then we would send those once we had those approved by Nino for pronunciation then they would get sent out to all the other singers and they would be instructed just to sing to one track so it didn't become a game of telephone where everyone, you know, it starts out one way and it ends up sounding a whole different way. So it was a very mm. complex choir situation where, honestly, when I'm working with these people, they're the best singers in the world, I can write the choir, put it, you know, we can, we can work out, like, all that stuff pretty easily ahead of time and then go into a session and record in four hours at the most, wow. right? It, you know, in one quick session, this this whole process was like maybe two weeks to get done. So mm-hmm. um, that was complicated. And then when it came to, um, uh, Treyarch did not have a specific uh, direction yet when I did that, that was back in May and June when we got into sessions that were going to happen in September, um, we didn't really have an opening interface locked for the game. Hmm. So where the menu screens happen and, and, you know, and then you can choose what mode of gameplay you're going to play. So they said, okay, we just need like a 40 second piece of looping music for this <laughs> opening thing we're going to have. And it's just going to continually loop until the player hits something. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so I wrote, that first bit of Cold War that you hear, it's like maybe 40, the first 40 seconds was what mm-hmm. was looping. And then they came back and they said, we love this, but we're going to change the interface again. And we want, we would like like a three or, you know, a three plus minute piece so that we can just play that all the way through the end. And then when that ends, you'll play one of the themes for multiplayer or mm-hmm. uh, any of the other modes, zombies, whatever. So, um, so then uh, when, when I realized what it was going to be and it was going to be able to shine a little bit, I decided to, you know, write a full theme based on some, some stuff I actually did in the KGB level um, that I thought was really kind of endemic to what this piece <laughs> should be. So um, we wrote, I wrote the theme for uh, Cold War. And uh, for the lyrics this time, I was like, okay, I really want these to be good. Um, not that the Bells theme isn't good. It, it, it's just that, like I knew Cindy would do her homework and I said, can you write (laughs) 
some lyrics about the Cold War, you know. Um, I want something that really speaks and is really true to what the Russian experience was and also the English, you know, the American experience was of the perceptions of what that Cold War was really like. And she went into, she did all kinds of research. <laughs> she went to Rand Corporation, which is like the international, you know, uh, library of all things international. So she was able to find some things like CIA, you know, declassified CIA documents about the Cold War. And and then uh, when she's when she handed in her lyric to Nino, Nino was like, oh my God, you totally nailed this, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you got you got the the Russian you know perspe perspective on the Cold War is wonderful. And then uh, when I published on my website the lyrics and in, in yeah. Russian uh, Cyrillic and then transliterations and then the English, um, I had a, a couple of Russian people uh, uh, tweet me and say, um, you know, this is really, this is pretty cool. Like <laughs> most 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 times when an American writes, you know, Russian, it's what we call, I think he called it cranberry or something. I was oh, like, what's cran okay. I was like, what's cranberry? And he says, yeah. well, cranberry is like, you know, it's all stereotypes of what Russian people are. Right. Like, you know, they drink vodka and, you know, it's really cold in Siberia, you know, <laughs> that kind right. of stuff. So, um, but, he, you know, this is, this is pretty close to, you know, he said, you know, you, the singers don't sound exactly Russian. They sound like English people doing Russian, but the pronunciations are pretty good. So, oh wow! So I, I felt I took that as a win, you know. Uh, kudos. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. uh, that just seems like the tip of the iceberg for like. I mean, that seems like a really fun moment for you uh, of getting in and, and kind of getting into the weeds of you know the mindset of of Cold War. But then yeah. you have the task of like covering the rest of the game, which is just it seems you know I, I listen through the soundtrack and it's just like the 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 layering and the arrangements and just the process and thought that you have to put into your work it just seems you know do you like you're saying with the limited time do you appreciate like having a kind of like a clock ticking looming deadline because like your work is gonna like you just kind of um resort to kind of like muscle memory of like being a composer like what, what what's the combination of when you know you the task ahead of of covering a game with this much material yeah you know I, it's really it's it's a good question i don't i don't really have a great perspective on that uh mm -hmm. because i'm usually the one in it doing the work and uh but i would say this um you know what treyarch gives me is ins inspiration enough i mean it's all there in in the visual you know yep. um it inspires me to, like it almost writes itself in a way when you see it it's like you kind of know what it should be right away. Like <laughs> as soon as I see it, I know. Like it's it's just always been that way. And I worked in television quite a bit. So in television, I got to write 35 minutes, you know, between 20 and 35 minutes every single week. Um, and I remember talking to um, Michael Giacchino early in his television career. And, he, and I said, how do you write 35 minutes in a week? How do you do it? And he said to me something I never forgot, which was, uh, your first instinct is typically and almost always your best instinct. Hmm. And I thought that makes sense to me because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you take too much time, yeah. you'll end up screwing it up somehow. You're, you're just going to overthink it. Overthink and, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it really does pay to, to, to really just focus in on what you're seeing and just 
you can almost hear it in your head what it's supposed to be, uh, at least for me. And I, yeah, I like so to go with that. One side of the coin is Cold War. The other side is we're in the 80s. And not only are we in the 80s, like we're in like the throes of 80s synthesizer music. Oh, yeah. And to me, like what a great opportunity. Do you, I mean... Are you a synth guy? Do you own synths? Like, how, how, what does your studio look like? I, I'm not a synth guy. Um, okay. I, I appreciate very much the time and wasted time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that I might put into something like that. Uh, but all the people that I know who have them and collect them, um, that, you know, that is, that is commitment. Full-time job, um, yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I just like I'm inspired by getting sounds quickly and um, being able to really tweak them. And I think those two things are really tough when you're dealing with real synthesizers. That said, I do own a Moog uh, Sub 37, which I use quite a bit. So and I've learned how to use it and it but it's it's tough to automate it. So I have to record it once I have it. I just record it because I, I never know if it's, that's the tough thing about old synths, right? You, and that's not even an old synth, it's just a Moog synth. But, uh, yeah. you know, when, when, you, when you have your sound, you better capture it right then because uh, they, you know, depending on the temperature of the room, right, you know, change, all yeah. kinds of stuff could happen to them. So, you know, my, my thing is speed and, and ease of tweaking. And I love, uh, I, I use a lot of the Arturia stuff. I use, okay, great. I was the UV yeah. stuff, you know, the soft sense from you know, like Diva and, uh, you know, Zebra HZ is those HD, HZ filters are far superior in my uh, opinion. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to get too far in the weeds on the tech stuff. But I love the I love yeah. the weeds though. That's good because like you look at the yeah. you look at the uh, this the CS80. It's not a small like it's not going to fit on your desk. Like it's it's no, like a foot. It's a huge, ginormous. Yes. You know, my friend Jeff Rona has all those and it's like, whoa, man, they're huge. You, you see just pictures of them in, on, in the soft synth, but you know, yeah. the, the reality is they're very, very large. Uh, the yeah. Moog modular is really fun to work with. That's where I wrote the, the Bell's theme on that one. I was just playing right. with, uh, I was just playing with the, the sequence, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. sequence pitches. Yep. randomly i just came i was doing random okay i'm gonna do this blah, 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 that's the only way it. you can do it really yeah, there's no intention usually that's true yeah but yeah. i was just playing with it and i did a whole bunch of stuff and then i came up with that one it's a great line it's so, so fun you know it's yeah. just like a great thing and and that in itself is a spoiler so i can't even talk about why that's good <laughs> it's all right so you said, uh, let's see, the Moog modular, the Mini Moog, the CS80. What what other things are in your arsenal of uh, soft sense or just kind of you know at your disposal when you're when you're in writing process? Um, I just my template is like 800 mm -hmm. tracks or more, mm -hmm. probably more at this point. But it, it you know it's just a lot of, um, you know of course all the standards like the Spectrosonic stuff, Omnisphere. Mm -hmm. What, yeah, Atmosphere is a beast. It always will be. It's just a great synth. I use it all the time. Um, just, uh, you know, I, I've been away from it for a little while because I've been traveling. So I, I'm trying to picture it in my head. <laughs> but, you know, there's a there's just a lot of great um, other synths that I use that are, you know, just sort of one-offs, you know. And I can't remember any of them right now. I'm sorry. That's it's right. terrible. But no, that's all right. That's uh, typical it, it, for me. What program do you write in usually? Cubase. Okay. And you've been, you've been a Cubase guy through and through for, 
forever? No, I, I started in 2013 when I started okay. doing TV with Trevor Morris. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I was just trying to copy his situation to do TV shows and stuff like that. But um, but I do love it. It's yeah. it's it. I think it sounds great. It's just easy to use for me. It's musically intuitive. Before that, I was on Logic. Before that, I okay. was on Digital Performer. Before that, I was on Studio Vision. So I've used a bunch of them. But um, <laughs> I really love Cubase at this point. Mm. So what, what aspects of this project, you know, separates from, I mean, obviously this is Cold War, the time and place. And I mean, because this project, it takes you, it's East Berlin, Vietnam, T Turkey, Soviet, KGB headquarters. There's a handful, like the, I like the, the, little, the little hint of the Turkey theme. Like when you drop in, you're like, oh, we're in Turkey now. Like the little yeah. line that you, you put together. But what are the things like when you kind of see the, the large scale of, of the storyline, at least, you know, when it comes to the campaign stuff, to you is like exciting because it's, you haven't had a chance to dabble in some of those different um, countries and, and, you know, backgrounds and stuff. Yeah, like I said before, I'm, I'm really um, inspired by the level itself and what Treyarch has done. So um, that, that's a big consideration. But overall, our sort of brief that we came up with early on was let's do 80s music. <laughs> but modernize it you know because i mean if you don't modernize it you end up everything sounds like stranger things at this point right so ah uh, okay i don't want to say i, I don't want to say but you, you said it which is fine i mean that's like that's the only recent touch point that people will have to 80s it's like 80s has been very popular for a very long time but yes right it came it came back it came back. It came back. Well, what, back when I did Mass Effect in 2007, like no one yeah. was doing that. So it was yeah. like this. It was like, what just happened? You know, <laughs> so that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. And then when Stranger Things came out a few years ago, it was like, wow. That I mean, they, and they did such a great job on the theme. And, you know, sure. I love that that show, that score. Yeah. It's just it was so perfect. And it's like, why mess with perfection? I'm not trying to copy them. So uh, as a matter of fact. I think some people at Electronic Arts thought that they had copied me, oh, and they okay. were looking. Nice. They were hiring nice. musicologists to see if they copied me, and I and I I told them I said no, I, they didn't copy me, man. That's not that's not me. That's not. They're not doing what I did. It's, they're doing something. It's, it's a similar else. instrument, but maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds similar, but it it really is really not the same. Yeah, I mean, the, and these the musicologists yeah. came to the same conclusion too so that that was all wrapped up pretty yeah, nicely I mean, but if you're on a synth it's going to sound like you know that synth uh, you can't get away from the sound i mean you can you can bend it and twist it but yeah that's that's what you want you want you want to hone in on that the synth sound which you've done yeah yeah i remember like my sister calling me many years ago and saying oh my god i think somebody ripped your music off from miss three i'm oh, like no really yeah. So, so she sends me a link or whatever it was. She sent me like, oh, I, I saw it here. Check it out. I listened to it. It was just a big orchestra with a choir. It had nothing to oh, do okay. with mystery at all. It's just so so. It's funny when people they hear things. The untrained ear. Attribute. Yeah. yeah, they attribute it. Well, even the trained ear too. Like what happened yeah. with Mass Effect. They they weren't. They they were smart about music and they still were a little bit put off. You know. Oh. Yeah. This sounds a little bit too similar, but um. Yeah, so so cut to uh, to doing the beginning of Cold War, and Brian too is the audio director at Treyarch, and I were talking, yeah. and he said, you know, I think it would be really cool to do synth, you know, like almost like synth wave, mm -hmm. if you could think about that in score form, 
mix, but make it modern, you know? Mm. So like, um, I think you start to hear some of that kind of thing in, um, in, in those, in like the first four tracks of, oh, yeah. of yeah, the that, soundtrack. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, uh, Rising, I mean, you get into, uh, I think, Rising Tide. Rising Tide, yeah, that's a synthwave track, but modern. It's not like, it doesn't really sound <laughs> like yeah. an 80s track, right? I worked with uh, Jimmy Henson again. Uh, he did Adrenaline and, and uh, Inferno with me. And... Uh, came back to do Rising Tide because we always do the multiplayer themes together because he's he's really killer with synth and and I like to I like to work on it with him. Yeah, I want to talk about that next, just about the other aspects of the Call of Duty uh, game, which is not only that, but you have multiplayer and you have zombies, which you, you have like a whole nother career just with the zombie uh, aspect of these games, which to me is like, there's yeah. people who only like, I've seen people who only play zombie zombie mode, like that's like their life in the Call of Duty world, which is fine. There's plenty to do there. It's a lot of fun, but um, yeah. I mean, when you mentioned obviously interacting, collaborating with the audio team, how much do you, how much feedback do you have with the rest of the studio? Like, who are the who are your touch points uh, at the studio that are informing you of you know what you're doing well and what they might need more of? Uh Okay, so everything flows through Brian Tui, who's the audio director. And yeah. one of the things I love about working with Brian is he is he is the gatekeeper, I think. Because, you know, on a big title like this, you have a lot of opinions and stuff like that. But um, and people want want to be heard in terms of what the music is supposed to be. But Brian is, you know, he holds everyone at bay so that I can just be creative, <laughs> which is really a nice thing. Um, you know, and he, he ends up being like the main decision maker. And, and, you know, as a result, and he just trusts me. And once we are on our way, like I am almost free to do whatever I want to do. And and I keep getting good reviews from uh, um, from, from the, the people at the top at Treyarch and, and Activision yeah. uh, who, who you know, don't have any problem with what I'm doing. So, and they keep giving me crazy things to do. Like, you know, not so much on this pro on this particular game, but like, you know, doing big band stuff for zombies and uh, writing yep. songs and, and, you know, they just like, who's gonna do it? And Brian will be like, oh, Jack will do it. So I end up getting these great opportunities to do things I wouldn't normally get to do. Um, mm. And it's just really fun. I remember in, in Black Ops 4, they sent me, um, they sent me a video at the very end. I, I think we had like three weeks or something until we were locked out of the game. Mm -hmm. And they sent me a video with this sort of 1960s kind of jazzy thing from like Batman back then, okay. the Batman movie. Yeah. And it, I, was, I was like, well, what do they want me to do with this? And he goes, I don't know, let me find out. And he comes back and he said, well, they want you to do your big band thing. I said, well, uh, um, We've already recorded. I have yeah. no more budget. Do they yeah. want to like, but then I said, you know, I'm actually pretty frugal with the budget. I think I can make this work. Oh my God. And so in like two days, I, I sent back a finished mock-up of what it would be. And then we were supposed to, th then it's like, oh, can you also do a bunch of jingles for the Percocola thing? And right, I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> So yeah. it was like, okay, I'm gonna do a whole session of Big Band again. 
And so we put one together really fast and we wrote, we wrote all these jingles. I, I pulled in some other writers to help me write the jingles, uh, Cindy yep. and, and her brother, Rob, who's like a, his voice is mm-hmm. ridiculous. He's a voiceover guy, but he's a singer as well. <laughs> and so we put this together, brought in another friend of ours, Vanjie Gunn, who's a singer. And we just went into the studio and recorded, I think it was like six jingles and, and this one tune for the cinematic that was the 60s animated thing. Um, and that was uh, This Jazz is Classified that on this Black Ops yeah. 4 soundtrack, which is like, that was like one of the one of the best pieces of music. I, I wrote it in like a day and a half, too. It was just came out great. I was really happy with that. Very, very fun style of music to write. So when did you guys ship your gold master or when was that? When, when were you locked out of this one? Uh, let's see. I'm going to say... Um, we just got a call over there. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, I'm, I'm going to say well, we recorded in beginning of September. I had everything mixed by mid September. Wow. I'm going to say October 15th. We're truly out, but I mean, oh, we okay. were done. We were done. I was done delivering everything a little bit before that. Okay. I think. Yeah. And then, and then I worked on the soundtrack for like a month. I was going to say, time. yeah, cause the soundtrack, uh, release in of itself. Did, did they already, already release the soundtrack? Has this been released? It came out the day the game came out. On it did. November okay, cool. 13th. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's 51 tracks here. I don't I mean, how much material do you think it was? <laughs> it was a little over duration? two hours, a little over two hours on the desk on the yeah soundtrack. It's yeah. incredible. It's so cool. It, it to me, it, it like, it just shows how, how much these games rely on, on not only just, I mean, the soundtrack to, I mean, it's the tension and the moments, I mean, the sound, the sound design in terms of obviously like the sound team, we can't forget their contributions, but you know, when it comes to these games, it's, you treat it as if it was like a feature film, like the, the tension moments, the quiet moments, the bombastic moments, yeah. you know, it's really riding on, on that. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I can't play this stuff too loud in my house. Cause it sounds like there literally is a war zone in my house. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's like the old trope yeah. about these games is like, yeah. The cops will like show up at your house, make sure everything's okay. That's right. But, yeah, got to put headphones on or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, like when when you are working on the stuff, you're delivering for uh, a five one. What what are you writing for? Is it stereo? What are you delivering them? Yeah, mostly in game stuff is stereo at this point. I think yeah. next uh, when we get to the next gen, it, I mean, we're already this was a next gen yeah. game, so yeah. they did a lot with the audio. Um, but I think next go around, they're going to have enough time. So I can do all of the music in 5.1 if I want. Okay. Um, but I did, most of the cinematics were done in 5.1 and mixed in okay. 5.1. Yeah. I so, recorded so them where, that way. And, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, wh- where did you record all, all of your orchestrations then? And I mean, I assume none of it was done in person or how did you go about that? No, actually it, it was, it was done in Nashville. And at that okay. time, Na- um, Nashville was not in lockdown. I, I just oh, okay. got lucky. I got lucky, wow. honestly. Okay. Uh, so what they did was they were still very careful. So we just did sessions separately. We did the strings together, mm-hmm. but they were separate more than there was, I think there was only one person per stand instead of two. Right, yeah. And they separated them a little bit more and then um, everybody wore a mask. Okay. And then uh, when we did the brass, we did those just by themselves. I think we had 17 brass or something. And then they would be in their own cubicles, kind of blowing away from each other. Because you, know, yeah, you can't sure. wear a mask and play. Yeah. So um, they did that. And then same with woodwinds. We did those separately too. Okay. 
And, and so when you have your recordings, do you yourself work with an editor or a mixer? Like what, what's your team look like once you get out, out of the recording? Right. Phase? So, um, yeah, I worked with two mixers, Jason LaRocca and Phil McGowan. Jason works with an editor, so that editor would take all the tracks and put them together, and especially with the uh, all the, the many, many, uh, you know, tracks, because we did two passes for 32 singers, so that was 64 wow. separate tracks of, of singing. And he would clean all the tracks up and balance everything uh, in a rough way for for Jason, the mixer. Um, and then when I worked with Phil, he did the same thing, but he did it, he does it all himself. I don't know, Phil's just like his <laughs> like octopus hands or something, I don't know. Um, so yeah, we did we did it like that. And, and, and yeah, so there's a bit of uh, building to do when you do it so separate like that, but that's pretty typical in any film score mm -hmm. and game score these days. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point are you able to walk away and feel good about knowing that like, do you get those phone calls at a certain point late at night that they're that they're still needing stuff? Or is like, is it pretty well hashed out and everything's been spotted at a certain point that you guys, I mean, like you talked, you shared the story about them coming back to you with big band stuff, but like, was that the case with this also with, with zombies or with the war zone aspect of the game? No, that was the worst, um, not even worst. It was really fun, <laughs> but it, that was probably the most down to the wire thing I had to do for them. Mm -hmm. um, usually, this is what I love about working with Treyarch. They, they they complain a lot internally about how everything is rushed and you know everything, but they're they're actually so together when it comes to making these games. I mean, they they always want three more weeks of tweak, right? Yeah. Before the game even gets released, but the 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 reality is that you know their work is pretty stellar and. Um, you know, they can tweak after the game's launched now because everything's, you know, downloadable patches and stuff. But mm -hmm. for the audio, like we plan way ahead in advance about what's needed and we make sure it gets done. My team is amazing. We get stuff done when it's due and, you know, not a day later. And, and that's just, that's how I run my ship. It's, it's never going to be late. Um, as long as I have enough time, uh, you know, notice, it's mm -hmm. not gonna be late. So, uh, and you know, I don't have those things where I'm going through a com committee of people trying to dissect what I've done and tear it apart. Like, it's just, they, they just have trust in me to get it done. And you know, um, uh, that, that's a real, real amazing thing really as a composer, because I don't think a lot of composers always have that situation. You know, it's like, you know, people care about music and when they care, they want to put their stamp on it and that's that's a tough thing to to write in a committee kind of situation because then you do have to yeah. do a lot of revisions and changes and the, I'm not saying it doesn't get better because I, I actually like getting notes and like making changes because it shows me that they care and generally speaking if I get more time on a track it's going to get better mm -hmm. and it's not going to get worse um, so I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Um, and they always feel guilty asking for changes. I'm like, please don't do that. Don't feel guilty. It's okay. <laughs> really, it's okay. You know, it's only going to get better. So we, uh, you know, we have pretty, we have a good time with that. And, yeah. and you know, like I have methods of working in games that I, I don't know how many other people work this way, but um, I'm probably, I'm sure I'm not the only one who does this, but uh, pretty early on, once we record, I start to, I have an editor take everything apart 
and take all the stems apart and make little blocks of music that can be used later on if we need something, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say that I've got a main theme, right? And I've got, you know, pads, strings, brass, woodwinds, synthesizers, percussion, all these different stems, right? I'll have somebody create new pieces of music using different combinations of those stems and put it in a library. So what we did on this one, because we were working with Raven, Raven is the, the, mm, the studio right. that was mostly responsible for doing the single player. And I was working through Brian Tui, but with the people, the designers at Raven. So I just published for, on Slack, like ev all these, this, this, this massive library and kept adding to it as we went along. And so when it came time to the end, and this is typical of every game, all the cinematics come in late. Right, they come in, <laughs> you know, two weeks Final before renders, locked yeah. out or something. Yeah, it's yep. just like crazy. And so, you know, I try to score as many of the important cinematics as I can. You know, anything that's like an opening cinematic or a longer cinematic, I score it custom. But then we go through this process. I'll have a team of three or four editors who will take all these movies and I'll assign the, uh, these movies to these guys. And these guys are really good editors. And they, they put together... What sounds like they Frankenstein together these edits and it sounds like custom score. And then I go through a process of going back and forth with them to make it exactly the way I want it, as if I wrote the music for it. And that, that turns out really good. But this time, the people at Raven just did it internally and then they would send me some stuff. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is great. What you're doing is great. Keep doing it, you know. So they, they were very helpful to get like all the smaller interstitial kind of cinematics that their service transitions through the game to make it all flow and have the right vibe. So it was a really fun process doing that. So, you know, that, that essentially turns, um, you know, two and a half hours of music I've written into like many more hours of music, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you feel like you'd hinted at obviously like this, this came out right as uh, PlayStation 5 and the new Xbox console was released um did that make any change were there any other considerations then but not really you're saying uh not for me because okay. um my my only thing was to deliver stereo except for okay. the the big cinematics that were going to be pre-rendered mm -hmm. which are all in 5.1 um okay. but it, i saw what it did to the audio team because yeah. you know it was a lot of new technology coming in and it was really awesome technology but it was it was complex and it was tough to implement and they had yeah. a lot of work technically and engineering wise to do to make it work. But uh, I think uh, they're they're pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's, it's always uh, the, the, the titles that are first out with new console releases are gonna be the ones that people are gonna gravitate towards for many reasons, but just also because it's gonna have the new tech and new graphics, new hopefully new new audio engines. Uh, I'm excited to kind of see where these new platforms, it's, it's kind of funny to look back at the old Xbox and PlayStation and even, you know, I mean, PCs continue to evolve, but just looking at those consoles, how much new tech from the last ones to now is is crammed into these boxes. And it's pretty, it's a full blown computer in there. And it's exciting because I don't oh, think yeah. you're gonna be, you're not gonna be allocated to much space, hopefully a storage, like <laughs> the downloads are pretty incredible of how big these games are. Yeah, I heard it's like half a gig, right? Just to get the game in Pro there. Yeah, like probably, that. probably when it's all said and done, maybe. Uh, with all the add-ons yeah. and stuff, it's it's kind of a, a, 
a running joke every time a new update or patch comes along. It's like, what? How big is this? What? What? What are we getting with this? And yeah, um, are, are you? I probably asked you this last every time I talk with you. Probably in every video game composer, you ask, you know, are you a gamer? Do you have to be a gamer in your mind to to understand the mechanics of video game composing? I think you got to play games to understand how they work. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I don't play a lot of games because I um, <laughs> I find that uh, it's just tough for yeah. I, I actually have like a brain problem with it. Like I get dizzy when I play them, but I do play the ones I work on and um, I do it like that. It, yeah. It's just I'll play with my nephew, you know, once in a while. <laughs> just to just to get in there and just for research and, and stuff like that. But I'm like, you know, I'm like an hour in. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, I got to stop. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, 12. He could go all day. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, I, I can't. I'm going to get sick if I keep playing. So, there, um, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's a, it's it's, it's you, we can't devote our whole lives to being full time gamers. That would take away from yeah. everything else. Um, Are there any other tracks in your mind? I mean, I'm just looking through the track listing here. And there's a bunch that I've pulled out, which I really like. Are there any favorites of yours that, that, you know, kind of challenge you or surprise you of what you're able to kind of, uh, yeah, do musically? You know, I was really proud of, uh, the track this ends now, which is basically, um, right before mm -hmm. the final siege of the game, which I don't think you've gotten to yet, but mm -hmm. they're on an aircraft. It's a cinematic on an aircraft carrier and, and they're getting, they're talking through like, you know, it's, it's sort of like the hero shot of the game, you know? Yep where they're getting ready to, to launch into the final battle and uh, capture the enemy. So who, yeah, and my daughter sings who, 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 That's my daughter, Gracie, yeah. Oh, beautiful, okay. Yeah, she does she a gets there. That. She goes there, you get that voice going, you're like, all right, this is the moment. This yeah, is that heroic a, moment. Yeah, she she happened to be home. She, she studies in London and she happened to be in LA and uh, she was leaving the following week back to school and uh, She's a she's studying acting and very talented person in terms of, you know, she could probably be an amazing musician or actor or whatever she wants. She that's how she rebels against uh, Cindy and I. She's she's not a musician. She's an actor, she says, but she's a great musician, too. So you, get, you guys have the whole cast and crew right within your household. Yeah, I know. Right? It's just amazing. Yeah. It's like with the Von Trapps or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my God. Yeah, I, I, I think like before we start recording, I mentioned I've, I've only played maybe I don't, <laughs> I mean a fraction of the game according to your soundtrack list. Um, yeah. In, <laughs> yeah, I kind of run it in order yeah. too, so it's pretty much yeah. in order there. So. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's to me that's the, the exciting thing because in the game, it's uh, you get dropped into an environment, you have a new set of constraints and characters that you have to kind of persevere you know persevere through um yeah i, I just I, I love i love this like I, I don't know over the course of my life how many call of duties i've played but i never seem to get tired of it and i don't think other people do either there's there's so much there's so many offerings that these games are now doing and i just feel like they must be so so fun to i guess have that relationship with in your in with your role of before the rest of the world has um had their chance at it because it I don't know, the experience to me just, it feels so natural. It, it feels like you're in it. That's all I can say, which is why I think people love to go back and play these games because it puts them in that first person perspective. And yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, I wish that uh, I could figure out how to, 
you know, because I know the whole game by heart, right? Yeah. By the time I'm done. So I wish there was a way for me to erase that memory and then be able to play it fresh and see what I thought. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that would have been, that would be kind of a cool trick, but um, I yeah, can't. Yeah. So yeah, no matter yeah, no. what I do, I know what's going to happen next, but you know. Yeah. Like when it comes to Cold War, when it comes to Cold War, or not Cold War, Call of Duty, um, mm -hmm. the Call of Duty franchise, just that this style are they as meticulous when it comes to their research and like being authentic or is it like a hyper um version of, of you know real of being real not so real yes well you know it's funny because like i i think they do an enormous amount of research the writers and the people who put it together it, like the backstories are always really well researched um there's always some facts fact mixed in with the fiction just mm -hmm. to sort of um just to sort of give it um, a heightened sense of reality, I think, mm -hmm. through the fiction, uh, which I love that about them. I love that about the stories that, you know, Dave Anthony wrote for Black Ops 2, and then three, uh, 3 and 4 were... 3 was another really fun one. 4 was unique because there was no single player, mm -hmm. um, but there was lots to do for some reason for me, even though there was no single player. <laughs> I did all the zombies music. I did, you know, I did all that stuff, so... That was kind of a fun, different kind of experience. And then Cold War was just like straight up great story going back to a time. For some reason for me, like, I don't know, like the fact that it's not called Black Ops 5, right? Yeah. Is is a huge deal. Like the fact that it's called Black Ops Cold War says to me everything I need to know about what I'm getting into. And, and, I, and I have anticipation built in it's sort of like what world war ii did right for mm -hmm. for the other game right like when that was called war, world war ii and it was like oh my god we're back to that that's cool <laughs> you know let's do that yeah but uh cold war has that sort of similar vibe to me like it's it tells you what it is mm -hmm. and then you realize when you play it it's so much more than that mm. kind of thing you know so there's yeah it's like a nice I don't know. I can't, I can't really describe why that's cool. It just is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, what is, I mean, this is kind of funny because like this title came to you and like you weren't planning on doing it yet. You were able to create the space and find the time to do it. You know, looking ahead to the future, you know, with your, you know, the year ahead here, uh, what, what, what can you not tell me <laughs> that you're working on? Because actually that's not true. Well, what's happening with Mass Effect? Because I heard there's some rumbling that there was Mass Effect re-release or is, is that true uh, there i guess they're gonna they're remastering the first three okay. so the trilogy so uh they're just remastering for the new platforms um i wasn't involved at all in any of that mm -hmm. they did ask me for stems at one point but it's like guys you know that's like 10 and what 13 years ago like i don't even yeah. own those computers anymore you know what I mean? that, yeah. that stuff's gone i mean i probably i did look for them and i did find some stuff but I don't think yeah. it was useful. So um, I just do things differently now than I did then. So stems weren't necessarily like, okay. as plentiful then. Um, but aside from that, like, what am I doing now? Like, right now I'm touring Portugal right now because uh, it was an opportunity for us to get out of the country for a little while and because of COVID. And, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of people clamoring to get a lot of work done because, like, half the – TV, film, and 
and and those kinds of productions are not even happening. They're all in development yep. right now, and it's going to be there's going to be an explosion next year. And I'm coming back. You know, I'll be back in in the country mid January, and we'll see what's what then. You know, okay. see see if we can find a pro a good project to work on. Uh, right now, I'm just happy to to not be working. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, <laughs> frankly, take yeah. take yeah, take the time to have a little R and R and travel a little bit. That sounds like great. Yeah, I like I like to do that and just freshen up my perspective. And you know, because when I do these games, it's you're just that's all you think about, you know. And now it's nice to think about something else for a little bit. And uh, I, I'm already starting to feel the itch. It's only been mm -hmm. like a little that's over good. a month. It's only been a, a little over a month, and I'm like, oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> I got to get back to work. Um, but you know, I'm trying to like just chill a little bit. You know, yeah, enjoy. So I guess for folks who want to stay in touch with you and follow your work, your website's a great place to go. Jack, is it jackwall.com? Is that right? Jack, jackwall.net. Uh, jackwall .net. Okay. Net. Um, yeah. Jackwall.com is um, a company that makes wall jacks. <laughs> <laughs> Those bastards. How dare they? I don't even think they use it anymore. Oh, but my God. I don't have it, so. Okay, so uh, jackwall.net, okay. obviously, and yep. uh, where else can people find you? Anywhere else? Social, uh, social medias? Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> occasionally, I hit Instagram. Okay. Yeah, any of those places is good. LinkedIn. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. It depends how many people you want reaching out to you, asking you for jobs. But Yeah, or, that's or, true. Or, or maybe they can find you for a job. That's actually the other way around. There you go. Uh, well, Jack, thank you so much for taking the time to chat about uh, this this game. It's so exciting just to see once again what you're revisiting the Call of Duty world, and uh, I'm excited for people to to play the game and hear your music. So, thank you so much for chatting. Thanks, Michael. It's always a pleasure, and uh, <laughs> thanks for having me.